0: Have better sleep and feel more calm? Grab the link in the show notes and get 25% off of your first order.
1: Curiously enough, acupuncture is not just sticking needles into people. It's part of a coherent and observation-based medicine that experienced practitioners of the art have handed down over the centuries. I'm Michael Max, your host and guide of Everyday Acupuncture. Listen in as we explore how you can apply the principles of this ancient medicine in your everyday life. Hello everybody, welcome back to the show. My guest today is Deborah Betts. Deborah is a practitioner in Wellington, New Zealand. And when I say practitioner, well, she's actually got quite a varied background. She uh, is an acupuncturist. She's got a nursing background, uh, recently completed a PhD, and uh, works in a hospital for pregnant women. Our show today is focused on the use of acupuncture for pregnancy and labor. Deborah, so happy to have you here on the show.
2: Hi, well, I'm glad to be here.
1: Do I have this right that you started off in nursing before you were an acupuncturist?
2: Yes, that's right. I was um, I was uh, started out as a nursing um, practitioner many years ago, over twenty five years. And when I went uh, travelling, I came across the idea of acupuncture and studied acupuncture in, in London, and then came back to New Zealand and worked. And uh, started my work as an acupuncturist and as an acupuncture teacher.
1: And you have a focus on pregnancy and labour.
2: Yes, that's right. So it's a really at the time when I qualified, I was actually um, pregnant. So obviously, you're interested in in uh, your own uh, own birth and what you, how you could use acupuncture for that. And this followed obviously working with other women who were pregnant, meeting a lot of women who were pregnant, and them asking me, you know, what can we do? Can you help me with this? And so it was just a field that grew. I had a close relationship working with the midwives here in New Zealand, and that really just grew my practice into exploring the potential of, of what you can do in pregnancy. It was an area that wasn't very well serviced. So there wasn't a lot of information on treatment, and my work with the midwives formulated some new ways to to use acupuncture, and this led to a book, eventually my PhD, and also being invited into the hospital to run a clinic there. That we've been there for eight years now, mm. where we offer the acupuncture school I teach at uh, it has a, a clinic with its um, final year students, where they teach woman, uh, where they treat women who are pregnant at no cost, and that's a partnership between the hospital and and the New Zealand School of Acupuncture.
1: We're going to get more into the hospital experience a bit later. What I'm curious about right now, you know, often we hear about acupuncture these days being used for fertility, not quite as much being used for pregnancy, I mean a little bit. I'm curious to know the influence that working with these midwives had on you and what it brought up and inspired in you to start using your understanding of acupuncture to work with this uh, area?
2: Yes, so it was really the validation of the... Been able, the midwives has been able to give me feedback about what they saw happening in terms of the cervix ripening, in terms of the babies moving into a better position. So it was very validating. First of all, it came from them referring women to me because there, there were things that you want to happen in pregnancy, you want your body to work a little bit better. So there's sometimes it's pain relief from back pain or headaches, migraines, um, heartburn, Sometimes it's things to do with preparing the body for labor, as I said, you know, helping the cervix to ripen or getting the baby to move in a good position. And they were, there's there's no real equivalent that you can offer in Western medicine to do that. So Moonbys were happy to refer. And when they saw that what was happening, they actually asked if they could learn some acupuncture. So by then I was teaching at the acupuncture school. So I started... Uh, running very short courses for midwives and, and teaching them some specific acupuncture techniques. And that really led to them coming back with lots of feedback about um, things that they saw that they thought were due to the being able to stimulate the body in a certain way with acupuncture that was really beneficial. And that led to me writing the book. But behind that as well, I started off really was with the acupressure. And you can find that all on my website where what you're doing is instead of using needles during labor to help, again, just help all the beneficial uh, hormones do what they're supposed to be doing and help the baby move in a good way during labor, is that you put your knuckles and your elbows into the acupuncture points. And so it's really suitable for support people to come in. They don't need any fancy techniques, any experience. They just uh, follow the the little di- diagrams and these YouTube videos online to find the points that the woman like and that they'll say, that feels good, press harder. And that's what's beneficial about the acupressure.
1: Do you find that often the points that a woman needs at a particular stage of labor tend to feel better to her when they're stimulated?
2: Definitely. It's, it's a way of the body saying, that's good, to, you know, The most common thing, and this was right from very first when I started off showing these to people, is that what the woman will say that feels good, press harder. And when somebody stops, they'll say, no, come back, come back. And it's just that idea that it just feels that it's something useful to be doing. What I do say is if it feels uncomfortable... Um, or if it doesn't feel like it's doing very much, then it's not the right point to be doing at that time, and people can move around and find another point.
1: Really listening to and paying attention to the innate wisdom of the body.
2: I just put it as that the woman is always
1: right. Ah. (laughs) You know, my wife says the same thing.
2: Yeah, she likes this being pressed. It's doing something useful for her. Then that's helping her body um, during that labor process.
1: When you talk about preparing for labor, and in a little bit I want to come back to early pregnancy, but since we're on labor, labor isn't just the moment a woman says, oh my goodness, this is happening. This, I mean, there's all kinds of preparation that comes before this. What are some things that women can do, um, or acupuncturists, for that matter, who are listening to this show and want to help their, their uh, patients who are pregnant, to prepare for labor?
2: Right, so in terms of... Uh, I'll start off with acupuncture. So there is a specific set of treatments that start from 36 weeks, which is acupuncture once a week. And this is what the midwives really gave me um, excellent feedback on. And that really is about stimulating the body to do all the beneficial things that are happening at that time. So from 36 weeks in a physical process, the baby starts to move into a good position to come through the the pelvis. Uh, Hormones start to be released that will... Um, be beneficial in labour, and so you can see this very distinct process where the cervix starts to respond, the uterus starts to respond to these hormones, and this is a, a gradual process that will build up until the moment when labour starts. So, what we use the acupuncture there for is to really facilitate that process, um, to to so that when labour starts, it's a really smooth, efficient labour, and that's one thing that we acupuncture does appear to be, from the feedback we get, a, a useful technique. The other thing that women can do is there is, and you will find it on my website, links to other websites that talk about um, positioning of the baby so you can make sure that you are using your body in a way that helps facilitate the baby get in a good position. Posterior babies is when the, the baby's head is not quite in the best, it's it's head down but its back is facing the mother's back, which makes it just a little bit harder to get through that pelvic outlet. It's a little bit like when you've got a parking space and you've got the same size car and you've got the same size parking space. There's an easy way to get into it and a difficult way, depending on whether you want to back in or drive in front ways. And if you go in the more difficult way, you've just got to manoeuvre more um, and it's going to take you longer. And that's a little bit like for these babies that are not quite in the best position. So you can find, there's a very good website called spinningbabies.com, and that has um, exercises in it and just um, postural ideas. The main one is that it's not a good idea to be sitting in bucket-type seats. So that's with your knees above your pelvis. So that's couches, you know, car seats where you sit in a position where your knee is higher than your pelvis. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and that tends to use gravity the idea there is that gravity pulls the baby's head into a posterior position so from 36 onwards you can weeks onwards you can look at your the the way you're sitting and the way you're moving to help gravity pull your baby's head into the best possible position so i'd say that's one really useful thing you can do and the other really useful aspect relates to helping those hormones start doing what they're supposed to be doing in your body and one of the main things that will switch those hormones off or or won't allow them to be produced as uh, to the same level is fear so our bodies are designed women's bodies are designed that if there was an army coming down over the hill into your village um, when you were just you know preparing to go into labour, you would be able, the adrenaline in th- from the fear of, of what was happening would be able to help you slow down your labour or not start it so that you could run away to a nice safe place. So the idea being that if there are things that concern you about your birth is that really uh, talk through those with the, um, your providers or do some reading about things that you can do. You can't help but be concerned because you're going to have a baby and you just don't know what's going to happen. But it's that idea of putting yourself in a space where you focus on uh, positive things, where you create time to read books or go for walks or watch happy movies. There's a saying I like in Chinese medicine that talks about um, having handsome servants. And what that really means to me is that they what they wanted in terms of preparation was not for women to be looking at servants who might have um, physical deformities and be thinking, oh, this might happen. Mm -hmm. It was the idea that as a woman came into preparing to give birth, they said that she should um, handle fine jade, that she should only look at beautiful paintings, and that she should only be surrounded by handsome servants. So that's, to me, saying that women should prepare by having that last few weeks of pregnancy focused on positive things. Perhaps they don't need to read the newspaper or watch movies that upset them or talk to friends who tell them how terrible their own birth was, just to surround themselves with things that allow those to that are positive um, so that those hormones can do what they're supposed to be doing in terms of softening up the cervix and helping prepare their body for labour.
1: Right. And of course, acupuncture is an incredibly effective way of helping people find that state of equanimity and calm.
2: Yes, I find that that's part of the treatment of coming in once a week is it can put you into a space where you do feel quite relaxed. And that allows you some time out to sort through what might be really worrying you. And then you can you can take some measures to do that. Or just to show you what it what, what it feels like when your body feels relaxed, so that you can go away and, and uh, work on uh, how to how to do that on a daily basis.
1: What about earlier in pregnancy, early stages of pregnancy? How how do you find acupuncture being useful there? So in terms of if we start with
2: the fertility, a big drive for me really is not just on getting pregnant, but about establishing a really. Um, Healthy pregnancy, so you can use acupuncture like in the very first, you know, twelve weeks. Again, just like you're doing it to prepare at the end of labour to facilitate your body to work as as uh, well as it can to the, obtain, obtain the maximum benefit out of its normal processes. You can also use that in early pregnancy just to help all the complicated. Um, Processes that are going on at that time um, establish themselves, and as well as that, as people do tend to use it for um, you know, nausea in early pregnancy. However, my uh, PhD research was actually looking at bleeding in pregnancy, so I was looking at women who have a, a problem in early pregnancy, mm-hmm. and... And how can you help the body get back on track? How can you make the body work as well as possible, including dealing with stress responses? Because that can be very at the top of the agenda, really, for women is one of the worst things I think you can say to a woman is, oh, well, just don't be stressed. And... In early pregnancy, women are often very stressed because they know that's a time when things can go wrong. And especially if something happens and you have a bleed or something's there, how can you not feel extremely stressed? So it's about working with women to find out from a Chinese medicine point of view, we have different ways that people react to stress. So it's about helping an individualized approach to to helping their body work a little bit more effectively or efficiently. Um, and then when, as you move through into the middle trimester, what we mainly see there in acupuncture is things that are causing people discomfort. So back pain often starts quite early, and the earlier you treat it, the more effective it can be to help prevention things, digestive problems, things like varicose veins, vulval varicacies. So that's when women have a, a varicose vein in their vagina, which is extremely unpleasant, all of these sort of things that women are often told, um, oh, it's just part of pregnancy, you just have to put up with it. Um, once the baby's born, you'll be fine. Anything that's like that can be, is what we see in the clinic, is people don't want to take painkillers, they don't really have any other solutions, and acupuncture can really help facilitate a response to get the, their body back on track.
1: What about, and, and I'm... I need to preface this. I live in the Midwest of the United States, so, you know, we have acupuncture here, but it's, uh, you know, it's still people kind of cast a wary eye to it. And I know that when I get calls from women who are pregnant and they're considering acupuncture, their first question is usually, is it safe? How do I know it's safe?
2: Yes, and that's really what got me into uh, becoming a researcher is that that was something that I needed to you know know for myself as well when I started out. There is research to show that acupuncture, when it's used by a qualified acupuncturist, it gives no higher incidence of any pregnancy problems compared to control groups where they might have received a different therapy or they received no therapy. So although pregnancy can be a complicated time and unfortunately women do experience miscarriage and they do experience problems in both pregnancy and labour, when there is now a, a, a a large body of evidence, um, several systematic reviews. There's several Cochrane reviews, which are the uh, highest quality evidence, where when you look at the groups that had acupuncture and you look at the groups that received either usual care or something like massage, there are no differences in the rates of uh, problems.
1: Mm And it sounds like in in your hospital work, and I'd like to get into that a bit here, you're treating women for issues that, by and large, conventional medicine says, oh, when your pregnancy's over, these things will go away, just, just, just get through it. You're actually being able to treat these kinds of things and help people get through their pregnancy with more comfort.
2: So the... What the I mean, we keep um, statistics on what we treat at the hospital, and the biggest group really is um, back pain, back and pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. And then the next group is people coming in to prepare for labor, so coming in at 36 weeks because the midwives refer them in or they've used it for a previous birth or they've had word of mouth. But the highest, it's 80% midwifery referral is a woman being referred um, because they like... What they see when when women have had pre birth treatment, and also that they like they can, women they can see a difference in women who've had it for back pain. We looked we we keep a score. We ask women for back and pelvic pain uh, to score their pain levels or their discomfort levels when they come in, and then we score it every week, and we can look at those and show that in terms of a woman saying it made a difference to her life. Um, 80% of women um, talk about how this has made a clinical difference to their life in terms of being able to sleep better, being able to have less pain, being able to do things they couldn't do before the treatment. And that's that's really impressive considering usually back pain is expected to get worse. So usually back and pelvic pain is expected to increase as the pregnancy progresses, whereas these women are saying, actually, um, we've found this really helpful.
1: I hope you've enjoyed the first half of the show. Now it's time for a word from our sponsor. That would be you. You could support the effort here by popping over to everydayacupuncturepodcast.com and click on the link to support the show and leave a few dollars that will help to keep some inspiration in the teacup. You know, we run on only the finest oolong and poorer teas here at Everyday Acupuncture Podcast Central. No point in going all NPR Pledge Drive here to remind you that teas like that don't come cheaply. Just know that if you like the show, you can express your appreciation for these interviews with a small donation. As always, I love to get your feedback and ideas for future shows, so send those along too. Thanks again for listening, and now on to the second half of the show. This is great. So you're not only helping women with these issues, but you're also using your experience there as, as sort of a, uh, a research project or to generate research.
2: Yes. So we it just it's observational studies about mm-hmm. what's really happening. So these will be in the process of being published. So uh, it's about getting the awareness out there that this is uh, an effective treatment to use, that it's safe, that it's accepted by Western health professionals, Physio's is also another group that has an interest in treating back and pelvic pain in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So some of the research showing that how safe it is does come from physio studies that have been done in England. And at, midwives use acupuncture a lot in um, the hospitals, like in the Netherlands and Scandinavia and Germany as well.
1: So it's pretty common over there. Mm. And I suspect getting more so here in well here in the United States again. I so often we hear about it for fertility, but uh, less so for pregnancy and delivery. So it, it sounds like we've got a ways to go here with that.
0: That
2: really was why I wrote the book and and uh, you know why I do the le- the overseas lecturing I do. I think many acupuncturists uh, feel a little bit reluctant because it's not well taught at, at uh, schools, but the reality is that it's an extremely effective treatment um, to be treating women in pregnancy. There's something very responsive, and the acupressure as well. A lot of acupuncturists don't promote this. Um, they don't go out and give little talks about how you can use acupressure in labor. They don't work with couples or run workshops for couples, and they don't run workshops for midwives to teach them about the acupressure. And it's really very, very, very effective. And it's what really got my relationship with the midwives and them happy to refer to me was they saw what happened when people use this acupressure in labor.
1: So you have this information on your website about the acupressure protocols, correct? Yes. Right, so we'll, we'll put links to that on the show notes page so that people will be able to get to it. Now, this is... These are things that like husbands can do for their wives or friends can do or other family members um, to help a woman with various issues. Now, the acupressure protocols, I understand you have some for labor, but do you also have some for, say, the back pain or for digestive issues?
2: Not not so much. I mean, the the idea for me about why the acupressure is so useful in labor is because your body is trying, it's already trying to, to birth the baby and you come in and you can use your hands in a very effective way and it seems very dynamic and very changeable at the time. So you, um, the this, the protocols are really just try out these points and then use the ones that the woman says, oh, that feels good. So there is no fancy techniques to it. It's very straightforward. It's not massage. People do not have to understand anatomy or be good at massage or feel that they do healing things. I had many women when I started off who would, well, not really complain about their husband, but they'd say, "Oh, I don't know if he'll be useful because, you know, he just doesn't give. You know, he just doesn't have any patience to massage me, and it doesn't matter." Because it's really just about finding a single point. It's there's um, there's a booklet online that's free to download. There's YouTube videos you can watch. It's about finding points in an area, in a, along a line, or in a certain space. And there's also a phone app. So there's an app you can download. So really, it is it is just the idea that the the information is there. It's free to download, and then there's the app, and that you can just take this and. When labour starts, you can do some practice if you like beforehand, but the points that are useful in labour will be the ones that depends on what's happening in the labour. So you might try out some points beforehand and think, oh, I don't like that shoulder point. But during labour, you might find that absolutely wonderful. So it's just really a trial and error process. You start off um, at the beginning of labour, you work your way around the points, and then it's the ones that the woman likes that you use.
1: And like you say, it's dynamic, and labor is very dynamic. It, things are very, very changeable.
2: That's right, and the, the feedback, well, and I ended up, I used it on myself as well, and I couldn't sort of really, uh, I was just amazed that it worked so quickly. So it's within two or three contractions you know whether those points are useful for you or not. Whereas, coming back to your original question, using acupressure for things like back pain and heartburn, I certainly you can do that as part of your treatment, but the, using the acupuncture gets you off to a good start, and just using the acupressure by itself for these problems, I haven't really had uh, any feedback on that.
1: Tell us a little bit about the teaching that you're doing in other places.
2: Well, that's, there's two aspects to that. One is with, um, so it's acupuncturist weekends for acupuncturists. So mm-hmm. um, since my book was published, I've had invites. And so for the past 12 years, I've got to go um, all over the world, really, and um, run the, the workshops with acupuncturists. So usually weekend seminars where I uh, sort of discuss in more detail about using acupuncture in pregnancy. And then often with that, I do work, a workshop with a midwife while I'm, uh, for midwives while I'm there. So it's sort of training and acupressure. And then people go on to uh, other acupuncturists go on to run workshops with midwives as well. Having attended that,
1: it it seems like a really potent sort of partnership for acupuncturists and midwives to work together like that.
2: Yes. My experience has been, um, I have, I do also work, you know, with consultants. But the people who confronted with women who have these problems on a daily basis, and you know, are, you know, back pain is often not minimal. Um, often, what you're looking at is women really having to change their life, not being able to to work or deal adequately with their children. Certainly seen women who are on crutches, who have to crawl up their stairs in their house because they just can't physically you know, walk up them. So women can be in terrible distress and there's nothing really that Western medicine has to offer them. So it's, it's really valuable for midwives to be able to refer to something that actually brings this woman very good relief. And it's also really valuable for them to use the acupressure in labor, and to to teach support people uh, where to press.
1: I spent a little bit of time in Asia, and one of the thing in Taiwan in particular, one of the things that women do there after giving birth is they have a month where they're supposed to get their strength back. They don't work. They eat lots of nourishing foods. They've got all kinds of extra support from family members. There's a lot of attention paid to a woman sort of recovering her strength after giving birth. What are your thoughts on that? And what, what sort of suggestions would you have for women in terms of taking care of themselves after giving birth?
2: I uh, think so that's a really uh, that's a great question. In Chinese medicine and a lot of other cultures, it's it's not seen as something nice and extra that you do to look after yourself um, after birth. It's seen as something that is your role as a woman in terms of nourishing your baby in the future and in terms of being able to have uh, future children is that it's essential that you rest after you've delivered and that the idea that within a week you're up doing the household duties or taking your children to um, you know to play to play groups is actually seen as you're endangering your ability for your future fertility and you're putting your your baby's future, you know the health of your breast milk, et cetera, at risk. So it is this side, completely different idea that we have, in, whereas we think we, it's great if we just spring back from birth and that we're up and about as soon as possible. And I certainly did that with my first child. I was out shopping on three days and, and thinking that I was recovering really well, whereas six weeks later I was just exhausted. And I certainly didn't want to do that for my second and third. So I, I actually listened to that wisdom and took it on board that yes, you can go and um, you're not unwell after giving birth to a baby, but it's actually you need recovery time to become the best and the healthiest that you can be. And you're again on my website, there is actually a, a download about some postnatal recipes and this whole idea that. Um, You're actually looking at preventative rest so that at six weeks, that is when you bounce back and you're fully active in that role of mothering your children. So it's quite interesting. The idea behind the month um, off is that at the end of that month, by doing very little and eating nourishing foods, which in Chinese medicine are, are warming foods to help your body recover, you're hair is shiny your nails are long you feel fantastic um it's just a very different picture from and i certainly the, with my third child i did do a lot of pre- that preventative rest and i certainly did feel completely different than i had you know that was the the, the best recovery i had was after my third baby and i just took that on board in terms of those first two weeks doing absolutely nothing extra, accepting all the help that anybody could give me, really focusing on just resting and breastfeeding.
1: You know, so often in our Western culture, we think that we're supposed to be busy, we're supposed to do more, um, we're supposed to push ourselves, and that if we're not pushing ourselves, we're somehow lazy or somehow irresponsible. And yet, from this point of view, from this Chinese medicine point of view, if you push yourself, that's actually being irresponsible.
2: Yes, and so I could, you know, it's sort of like me with my first baby in the supermarket, doing the shopping at three days, thinking I was coping really well. You know, I could just sort of see now this uh, someone from Chinese medicine uh, sort of saying to me, you know, what are you doing? Why are you? Why are you putting your you know your body. Why are you pushing yourself like this? This is irresponsible, and you're neglecting your baby's future health. And that, so I feel quite strongly about that now. That it wasn't the wisest thing to be doing. That women um, don't, you know, shouldn't be encouraged to feel that they're not coping if they stay at home for two weeks and do as little as possible and eat and uh, rest. And that if visitors come around they you know they shouldn't be expecting some home baking and the house to be looking fantastic and say oh aren't you coping well because it's just exhausting
1: yeah maybe they should be bringing over the home baking
2: or coming in and saying look you go and have it even talking can be exhausting so it's this idea if you're going to visit someone with a, a young baby is that if it should really not be a very very brief visit and any time the baby's asleep the mother should be resting um, and not talking to you, and not trying to, you know, present this wonderful sort of image of recovery, because the true recovery is six weeks later.
1: It's later. So you know, th- there's a thing here. I'm not sure if you have it in New Zealand. I know we have it here in the states. Postpartum depression.
2: I'm sure it's everywhere in the world.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's so it's so it's not an unfamiliar term, and. It seems to me, now I, I see some pregnant women, certainly not as many as you, but in thinking about it from a Chinese medicine point of view, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, it seems to me when women have, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, postpartum depression, they will usually say it's because their hormones are off. That's that's the usual diagnosis either from their doctors or from themselves. And it seems to me that this thing that we're talking about of getting that rest might help with lower rates or or more uh, moderate experience of uh, postpartum depression. I'm wondering if you if you've seen that to be true, or if you have some thoughts about that.
2: So I'd say just uh, there's two things here. One is certainly um, the resting and the nourishing yourself and the putting yourself forward as uh, an, an important part of the of your baby's health. I think that's once you've had your baby. I think that's You know, essential and obviously contributes to women being able to cope better with the stresses of having, uh, you know, a a new baby and perhaps other children as well. The real gains to be made in terms of what I've seen in clinical practice and also what the research uh, really looks at is that if you treat women who are having emotional concerns during pregnancy, that's preventative against the postpartum depression. And to me that makes sense so, because you're looking at helping your, you, yourself understand how you cope with stress. How do you what techniques can you use that's, that's useful for you to cope when you're in a stressful situation? And if you can do that during your pregnancy, then when you uh, come into the situation of, of caring for your new baby, you have more coping mechanisms. And so one of the things that you work with as an acupuncturist with women, I'm sure you do as well, is talking to women about how do they know they feel stressed? What happens to them? Is it their sleep? Is it their digestion? Uh, you know, what, what happens to them that they actually start feeling stress in their bodies and then looking at how they can um, deal with that?
1: That makes a lot of sense. You know, this, this Chinese medicine stuff so often really takes a long view of things.
2: Yeah, so there and there is there is some research to show that if women had a series of acupuncture in their pregnancy, uh just usually six to eight weeks, that they and then they gave another group some massage, you know, which is a nice relaxing sort of treatment. And then the other group got usual care, um, and it was Any time during their pregnancy, they got this, and they were actually medically diagnosed as having depressive conditions, and then when they followed that, that was helpful. They found the acupuncture group had some benefit, but they actually found that after they had their babies, when they went back and and, uh, looked at them postnatally, that the woman who'd had the acupuncture, even if it was months earlier, were coping better in the postpartum period, and... To me, again, that makes sense about part of acupuncture is helping your body readjust and helping it deal with situations so that you're better equip- equipped to do that in the future.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. That's and, th- and that's wonderful information to share with folks. Deborah, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we uh, wind this thing down?
2: No, i just like to say that pregnancy is um, not an illness. But so pregnancy and, and, you know, giving birth to babies and, and in that postpartum period, um, that's an idea that I think is quite true. But what I would what I think is to me has happened with, with for women is that although it's not an illness, it deserves respect, that your body's in a very different state when you're actually pregnant and nurturing a baby, and that it would be nice if society and if women uh, – I gave other women a lot of respect for that – and said you're you're not unwell, but you're in a very different state and that you need to honour that pregnancy and to honour the birth and to honour the postpartum recovery so that you have the healthiest um, experience possible and that for many women I think they struggle on thinking that they're not coping and that unless they just do everything they used to do And unless they behave in the same way, that they're not somehow successful. Whereas I see in pregnancy, I'm constantly talking to women about how do they change their behavior so that they actually get the most out of the pregnancy.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. What is the address of your website?
2: so it's actually if you put my name into google i know this sounds terrible that's the fastest way mm-hmm. is to put acupuncture or acupressure and and deborah betts into google otherwise it's um acupuncture dot um, rhizome dot net I'll, I'll just i'll send it to you because it's this otherwise i'll get into spelling it so can i just send it to you yeah
1: send it to me it'll go on the show notes page anything else that uh, you would like to send along any research that you think is interesting, any links that you'd like to share with the listeners that you think would be beneficial. Send those along too. I'll make sure it all gets on the show notes page.
2: Okay, that's great. Yes, I'll send that um, that site about the ba- the positioning for the baby because that's a really well known site that that can be useful as well.
1: Terrific. Thanks so much for taking the time today. really appreciate it.
2: Right. Well, thank you for inviting me.
1: hope you have enjoyed this episode of Everyday Acupuncture Podcast. If so, please take a moment and visit www.everydayacupuncturepodcast.com where you can click on the review on iTunes button to rate and review the show. Doing this helps other people to find the show. Also, you can express your appreciation by supporting the show with a donation. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next time.